This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Empire. Fall is life is finding a new place to live. One thing I like to tell everybody is Fall is life has been around for a good amount of time in the online space that we've watched everything grow across like every single social media platform that it is like we're around before they existed. That's Matt Rodriguez, founder of Ball is Life, an early social media phenomenon based around basketball culture. Their next move, landing on a like-minded platform. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Tori Soka has been working in the quote-unquote alternative programming world for a long time, mainly finding content for traditional linear and cable networks. But now she is building Caffeine, a socially engineered content provider where Ball is Life fits right in. Our guests this week are Tori Soka, who's the chief content officer at Caffeine, which is an interactive social live streaming platform that has content that includes the Ultimate Rap League, street dance competitions, and a new partnership with Ball is Life and their CEO, and founder Matt Rodriguez is with us as well as they provide some of the best basketball content globally. Hi to both of you. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having us. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Hey, Matt, uh, let me start with you. Ball is Life's been around for a long time. Um, why don't you tell our listeners what the founding of it was and why this partnership works for you? Yeah, so we started when I was uh, like 19 years old. Is just We wanted to create a basketball platform online that allowed us and, and users to, to put content online, like video content. So really ahead of its time. Um, I want to say video content, longer form, became more prominent in the past like five years, or as we were doing it in 2005 before YouTube was even acquired by Google. So for us, it was more of, again, bringing all levels of basketball onto the online community to share with the world. All user generated or, or were you producing anything? Uh, we were producing all of our own stuff. Uh, but we're also sourcing things from different parts of the country and the world. And how did you go about that? It, it, like, this is a pretty broad topic we're talking about. Parks, leagues, rec gyms, prospects everywhere. How did you go about kind of getting your arms around that? Uh, for us, initially, it was really doing our homework on, like, what events to attend in the high school space and, and what do we call more grassroots, which is like spring and summer basketball. Um, so heading out to those events and, and filming it ourselves. So I was traveling all over the country, um, sometimes even with my wife, uh, to a lot of these events and filming and putting up the video content of these guys while they're still in high school. Because for us, growing up, uh, I would always hear like almost mythological stories about athletes when they're in high school, about crazy events that happen with them. So for me, I wanted to capture those events and make sure people could see them. And, and Tori, I, I read a lot about your background. We'll get into caffeine in a moment, but alternative content has kind of been your thing, right? Like that you've been kind of in this in a linear space for, for a long time. 
That's right. Yeah. I came from a traditional media background. I've worked for all the big corps that you can think of in, in Hollywood. Um, and yeah, and mostly in the unscripted space. Um, I've done, you know, several live uh, projects as well, uh, but mostly in the unscripted arena. So tell me about caffeine. What do you guys do? Yeah, so we're an interactive social broadcasting platform. Um, we're a mix of premium content as well as user-generated content. Um, and our goal on the content side is to bring fans of these like under-the-radar sports events, competitive formats, a place to really kind of come together, be amongst each other and the fan base, interact with the programming, engage with the content that they love so much, and really just provide an elevated experience to watch these competitive events. Um, really like kind of bridging that gap between content and the social connection um, that surrounds it is kind of our goal. And it's, it's a personal mission of mine too. Again, coming from a more traditional media background, when you watch content, typically you're sitting on your couch, you turn on your TV, you watch for 30 minutes, an hour, you turn it off and then you go back about, about your business. Yeah. Um, there isn't really much of like a, a connective experience around TV. Maybe you'll follow some of your favorite stars on Instagram afterwards, or whatever, but it's not really a social experience. Um, and so what we're offering on caffeine is a really unique way to watch shows that you love premium content with the people who also love it at the same time. And you can possibly also, um, you know, interact with the show in a way that changes the future of the content. And a lot of our competitive tournaments, you can actually contribute to the direction of the show by voting on a winner. Um, you decide who wins. And so it's a much more three-dimensional experience uh, to watching a show than what we offered in traditional. Uh, so you guys are really kind of meeting it at very interesting times. Matt, you were kind of way ahead of the curve with getting stuff out there. I don't know that basketball is necessarily alternative, but the content that you were going after was, as you put it, I thought very good, mythological about some of these people that were going to end up playing in programs or playing um, in the NBA. Um, could you kind of take me through what you've seen how you've seen the media ecosystem change that attracted you to go to a platform like this, as opposed to kind of just staying off on your own. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, one thing I like to tell everybody is ball is life has been around for a good amount of time in the online space that we've watched everything grow across like every single social media platform that it is like we're around before they existed in many respects. Um, so, but like Tori said, all the other, social media platforms are more, more focusing on a specific thing and their specific thing that they're focusing on is live broadcasting as a social platform. So for us, we love the interactivity and the engagement that the fans can have with the platform. Cause it was something, even when we did a program with one of the looks like Facebook back in the day, we had to use like a third party platform to draw engagement to the fans, whether that was via polls um, or just having them engage beyond just a like for a comment. Um, and we get that like right away with caffeine and it's just something that I think our, our audience can definitely get behind. Uh, Tori, are, are some of the old traditional linear models, are, are they slow to adapt to this? Are you guys ahead of that curve? How do you kind of see where media and content acquisition and content engagement is going right now? Yeah, I, I do think that <laughs> They are very slow to adapt, but for several reasons. I think everybody right now is looking at the streaming space. It's no longer about cable or broadcast television. It's about the streamers. But if you look at the content that the streamers are putting out there, 
it's still the same kind of show that you'll get on traditional television, on cable. Um, and uh, it's the same format with the same, you know, cold open and hero shots and you get act breaks. And it's really uh, no different than what you see in the media landscape uh, on cable or, or broadcast. Um, and so, again, what we're doing is um, not just, you know, copying and providing all the same formats that exist out there. We are investing in um, really awesome creators, leagues, competitive events that um, are already crushing their own way elevating them, giving them a platform that is interactive and social and very different than anything else you'll see. So, you know, we're ahead of the game in terms of the tech that we have. We're probably 10 steps ahead of what any media company has out there in terms of the tech, but also in terms of the types of shows that we show. We're not just sort of doing the same thing that everybody else has been doing. All right, let me stay on that for a moment. Um, What are you hearing from people who interact with your platform? If you're going to break the mold of these standard ways of structuring content, what are you hearing from people that they want done differently? Authenticity. Authenticity. It's not about, you know, inserting your network brand or inserting um, some, you know, contrived storyline. We want to, at Caffeine, really empower our creators to do what they do best. It's in all of our best interest if Ball is Life uh, continues to, um, you know, produce content that their fans love. I do not want to meddle in that. I don't want to, you know, try to transform anything to fit our mold. I want to just empower and, um, and uplift the creators that are doing their things already so well. And that's something that I think traditional media tends to, to meddle in a bit too much. Matt, what have you seen from general content creation in this vein? Because you've been doing something that, again, I don't know if alternative is the right word, but it certainly is different in terms of content curation. What have you seen through the years of what fans want when they interact with your content? Yeah, so one of the biggest things, and by the way, I do just want to mention our interactivity rates are through the roof. Sometimes we get in the upwards of 50, 60% of fans commenting, upvoting, liking other people's comments, voting on who they thought won. It's unprecedented how engaged our viewers are. And we also have, um, you know, a prop uh, feature whereby you could drop sort of digital items, for lack of a better word, um, to help the creators. Uh, they're, they're little tips, but they're also animated, really fun ways of expressing your sentiment about the show. Um, and so viewers do all of those things in record numbers. Um, and what I think that they enjoy the most is the community that we offer. Again, you're, you're surrounded by fans, equal-minded fans that love the content that you're coming for. And you get to talk about it with everybody in real time as they're watching it. Um, and really just sort of feeling like you're around community. Again, not to sort of like uh, state the obvious, but, uh, you know, two years into the pandemic, people still want to be around each other. They don't necessarily want this sort of solo, isolated experience that we've all been having in real life. So um, caffeine is uniquely positioned to be able to offer that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matt, what have you seen here from what fans want as Ball's life has grown? What content do they want? What are they attracted to? I guess there's multiple levels to that question. So for me, um, in looking at the content, I do see a lot of more clickbait type stuff that fans want. And for us as a as a platform in, in Ball's life that really cares about basketball and the culture behind it, um, we have to filter out like what's considered like the quick hit that's going to do really well. And then also influence the fans in the right way of letting them know like what's good basketball. So for us, it's more of, we want to continue to be authentic to our audience, but at the same time, we also want to let them know, like we're not going to reach too far beyond like who we are as, as a media platform as well, just because basketball can be taken in so many different ways. Um, And you can look at the analytics and see exactly what does well and what does not do well. But it's just staying true to basketball for us. Um, so I saw the space growing with, that we're in right now with streetball, I want to say early last year. And I saw it growing heavily with influencers who have their space in this community as well um, in a negative way, um, whether it was getting in fights or pushing the barriers or the limits of the neighborhoods that they were going into. And for me, when I see stuff like that, I'm like, man, I've been in all these neighborhoods. I grew up in these type of neighborhoods. I want to make sure that there's good light shed on these neighborhoods as well and the basketball uh, place itself. Um, So for me, I I really wanted to step in and ensure that basketball also is being treated in the correct way that it's deserved in my mind. Um, And then also try and influence the audience that's watching it in the, the direction I feel like basketball truly deserves. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, the way that I think about it. So, so you, you, what you were seeing was negative content being created. What? Because for the purpose of these people thinking this would be popular to do something like that. Yeah. So I would see content that was constantly pushing the boundary uh, of, you know, staying within the confines of basketball, and then sensationalizing everything around it, whether it was fights, getting in people's face, gunshots. Mm. Um, just saw it constantly being the route. And for me, that's, that was like highly concerning. Um, I was actually even getting phone calls from, uh, from police departments from around the country when we were going out to do things that either in the Midwest or here in the West Coast. Like, hey, is this what's going on at your guys' events? Because they lumped us all into one category yeah. and separate like, oh, this is that person and this is Ball is Life. Like, no one's going to do that. Um, so for me, there was a little bit of explaining to do on my end with um, the local community and just ensuring them that like, no, we're there to play good basketball. We, we do get competitive. We do talk a little shit from time, time to time, but um, we want to keep it about basketball and providing a great uh, community event. Uh, Tori. So let me stay on that topic just for a moment. Then we'll get back to the, to the partnership. Um, You've emphasized your authenticity really matters that the users are going to create things that are going to break a mold. Are you running into this too, where there's a content control that's in place here so that the right messaging, at least from your brand is being put out there to your users? Yeah. I mean, I, 
it's funny you mentioned that, Matt. I, I do think that um, we are also in a position to make sure that the best of all of these leagues and partnerships are shown. Um, we have, again, some of the most wonderfully artistic, um, unique, expressive, competitive events on our platform from battle rap to street dance to sneaker battles to, to these Ball of Life events. Um, and, and again, it's sort of our, our hope to um, elevate these voices and these messages and these art forms and these um, competitive events and, and let everybody know that they exist out here and that they're doing really great things for the communities that, that they're in. Um, and, and that is important to us. Um, Tori, do, do you guys have designs on being an OTT for all of these different linear type models or, or no? Or are, you, are you guys trying to stay separate from all of that? So, yeah, we are focused on live stream primarily. We want to be free and available for everybody to watch. Um, no commercials. Anyone who can download the app can watch all of our content for free. Um, live is our primary model, but we do have video on demand as well. So after a Ball is Life event, you can go on to their channel and watch it. Um, but that is really our primary focus right now is, is really uh, creating those live moments for people to come together um, and, and keep it free for everybody to watch. All right. One final question for both of you. And, and this is the old man question that I like to ask everybody when we get into conversations about this stuff. And I'll start with you, Matt. Is there going to come a time where people don't watch games anymore? That, that no one's going to have the attention span to sit down and actually literally watch the Warriors play the Suns from start to finish? I think it depends on how they're watching the game. Um, so I, I've had many conversations about this uh, in if you're familiar with the iGaming world with like betting and micro betting and all those types of yeah. things. I feel like people are going to move more towards watching a game in that way where they're betting on what's going to happen next in the game with these like real time micro betting uh, sites popping up and less about like being a fan of the game, which is unfortunate. Um, but that's kind of where I see things kind of going in that sense with, with us and creating this street ball atmosphere. We've almost even carved our own path with a more physical game as well. Whereas the, I feel like the NBA has also gotten really soft corporate and political. Um, so yeah, I do think it's definitely going to change like how people are watching the game versus, you know, you and I may have watched the game when, when we were growing up. And I'm going to double down on what Matt just said too, because I think again, looking at NBA on traditional linear, um, their watch times might be, eh, you'll, you'll get people uh, folding the laundry while they do dishes and the game's on in the background and maybe they're paying attention. They're listening out for when a big, um, you know, moment happens in the game, but it's sort of like, you know, not exactly, um, uh, you know, leaning in television. Uh, whereas for us, we are actually seeing stupidly insane watch times on our programming. Some of our battle rap shows go up to 160 minutes of huh. watch time consecutively on cell phones again, with that crazy interactivity rate. So if you can imagine, people are watching over two hours, uh, commenting, dropping props, upvoting um, on their cell phones. It's, it really just changes the entire way you watch a game. So yeah, I can see, you know, maybe the NBA one day won't get the watch times that we get, which is a much more fun experience. And combined with the physicality and uh, energy of the street ball games really just kind of takes it to the next level. Tori, is there an age line that you're seeing this? Is there like a literal demarcation of this generation is watching things the way you're talking about? And there's a, there's a spot at an age where people are still sitting on their couch, watching games, maybe using the phone as a second screen, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, you'll definitely get the older audience on traditional 
um, media, but we do also see a range from, you know, 18 to 34. We're seeing everybody. If you download the app, check us out. No matter what your age is, it's very easy to understand. It's very easy to sort of understand the prop that we offer, and, and it really just changes the whole experience. But, yeah, we are seeing for sure the younger viewership is, is way more interested than in us than Linear. It's all really interesting. Matt Rodriguez is the CEO of Ball is Life. Tori Soka is the chief content officer at Caffeine. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you as well. On the next Future Sport Podcast, a few days before the Super Bowl, we take a deep dive into the safety measures employed by the National Football League. It's our goal to drive down those numbers of injuries wherever possible and the severity of those injuries. So we have a a number of of different platforms and work streams that go against particular injuries to try to drive down concussions, which have been down 25% now over the last couple of years. Hamstring injuries, knee injuries, anything you might imagine. And, And that work takes us into lots of different interesting places. That's Jeff Miller, Executive Vice President of Player Health and Safety. The tech advancements and thought processes between readying for a season have changed dramatically. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.